guess I should put my headphones. Yeah, that cake is is rumbling in my tum in my tummy. I, I don't. Excuse I think it's the habanero me. hot sauce that's rumbling in your tumbling. At our one hundred and second episode, I would expect a little bit more professionalism from you, Jose. There. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that, the habanero is habanero is definitely that's rumbling in my tumbling. <sighs> that had a lot of cheese. I'm not complaining. I like it. Yeah, it was good. It's a good yeah, amount I like of cheese. Their, I like their chicken tacos. It's the best. Yeah. And it's chicken taco day, you said. Yeah, it's chicken taco Tuesday is chicken taco day. These are the first like chicken taco, taco Tuesday tacos that I've had where the chicken isn't dry. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they have a good taco. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. on a discount day. Because normally if they have a discount day, it's like, you know, they're, they're rushing it and it's, it doesn't turn out very good. But these were delicious tacos. Mm-hmm. This dinner with a movie. I've never had Russian tacos. This dinner with a movie. What's in a Russian, <laughs> What's in a Russian taco? And as always, I'm joined by 1% Russian. <laughs> 1% Russian. 1%. That's why I'm so slow. <laughs> I'm Brandon, and we're joined by Jose. 100% Guatemalan. Jess. <laughs> and this week, we're talking about Nightcrawler, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's biography. Uh, and we ate tacos and uh, cake because it's my birthday today. Half birthday tomorrow. Uh, half birthday today. Half do, birthday. Tomorrow. Do you do you do you do half and half or? It's normally the split second when it turns to midnight. Just the half second. So midnight tonight. Midnight tonight, and then I don't have a birthday after that. <laughs> so <laughs> until yeah. next year. Yeah, until next year. Yeah, yeah, where it's a full actual birthday. So next year you'll be six. Uh, yeah. Next year I'll be six. Six years old. Mm-hmm. Old enough. Um, what can six-year-olds do? Go to go to kindergarten. kindergarten. <laughs> Hell yeah. I'll go to kindergarten next year. I was in first grade when I was six. Because so. your accelerated program? No, no. Because I, I think because my mom couldn't stand me, so she put me in early. I mean, I think that just means you're, you're, you were pushed to I was succeed. 17 when I graduated high school. Mm. Yeah. You couldn't even drive. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I could drive at 16. <laughs> well, I couldn't drive until my junior year, though. A lot of a mm-hmm. lot of kids were driving in their sophomore year, and I was really jealous. Why couldn't you drive till your junior? Because I didn't turn 16 until yeah, my junior year. Junior, it's junior year. How were kids driving in their sophomore? They were 16. Because they were 16. You're a sophomore. Shit. I, I, my brain's not working right now. Were you 18 <laughs> when you graduated from high school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you turned 18 in your senior year. I think I turned I 17 in my... Sophomore year. No. We no. watched Nightcrawler <laughs> and we ate tacos <laughs> and we ate cake. <laughs> Blake, we're the same age. <laughs> <laughs> tacos is what uh, they uh, eat uh, sometimes. So there's a burrito. Is it burritos that they're eating? From there's the a taco truck. truck. Taco truck. Yeah, there's a taco truck at Rich Coach. And mm. uh, they go to a Mexican restaurant um, mm-hmm. with uh, Lori. Is that her name? No. Nor Nori. No. Well, you got the N right. Mm. I think her name is funny. It's like Nori Fanori or something like that. <laughs> well, think of Spanish. Think of Spanish and think of Christopher Columbus. Yeah. What are the three ships that Columbus sailed a- in 1492? Across yes. the ocean blue. <laughs> and one of them starts with an N. Um, the Mary St. France and the... Uh, 
Okay, so Blake didn't go to first grade. <laughs> Evidently, he didn't I do math. I'm five years old. I'm five years old. Didn't do math. Well, we're either. not in the name section yet. Um, <laughs> uh, so I, I chose Holy this. Holy shit! I, I chose this movie. Um, it's. I think it's a fantastic movie, and I'm. I'm really excited to hear your both your thoughts about it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I know when Brandon's give, given me that. Uh, patronizing mm-hmm, yeah sort of sound that i know it's gonna be a good one um and you want to make eye contact with me and uh, what so, <laughs> i'm staring right at you, you i were can't, looking down there when i, I was saying i was shit looking about at my you. notes to see if i could read my notes without my glasses on because oh. i still haven't gone to the eye doctor can you are you okay no i have to put on my reading glasses <laughs> <laughs> uh so i chose this movie i first saw it in the theater um, really, really enjoyed it, and I ended up watching it a few times outside of it. I think it's like my maybe my my fourth or fifth time watching this movie. Um, yeah, I I I really liked it. I think I enjoy it for different reasons now. Back then, back then, uh, he was an inspiration, and now uh, he's just interesting. So <laughs> we'll see how I how my thoughts on this Jake movie. Gyllenhaal <laughs> or Lou? <laughs> <laughs> Who was your inspiration? Um, yeah. Uh, what, what are your guys' experiences with this movie before? Let's start with you, Brandon. I've seen this movie once and it was yesterday. <laughs> yep. Yeah. What time did you watch it last night, Brandon? I think I started watching it at nine, around nine-ish. And you yeah. around the same time? Jose? Around the same time, yeah. Okay. I think the movie ended Oh, no. I started, I started, yeah, I started so I watching started it early. Eight. We were texting around nine. Mm-hmm. And that was the end of the movie. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I started watching it seven ish. Yeah, we had our group text going, and we're saying you up. Seeing if you guys want to chat about movies. What up? What up? TTF? You want tacos? <laughs> <laughs> you got a log line for us, Brandon. I do. Uh, right after. Wait, Jose, your experience. Oh yeah, Jose. Um, Jose. I've never seen this. I've only ever heard nothing but praise for this movie. Me too. And I was very confused watching it. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. All right. <laughs> not, not I, that, th- I, I, I thought you had seen it before. No, I've never seen this. Um, not that I didn't get what was happening. I didn't get the the praise. The appeal. Okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll dig dig deep into it. Uh, what about your logline, Brandon? Um, I got a manipulative a manipulative psychopath begins shooting freelance footage for the local news and becomes obsessed with growing his successful business at any cost. Any cost. Yeah. You guys have fun facts for us, Jose? Yeah. Uh, Nightcrawler came out in 2014 and has a runtime of an hour and 57 minutes and it is written and directed by Dan Gilroy who also worked on um, three episodes of Andor as a writer, Velvet Buzzsaw. He wrote on Kong Skull Island, The Bourne Legacy, Real Steel, (laughs) uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, and then this was the first movie he directed. Interesting. I feel like I heard his name in more things than that. Mm. So maybe I'm just associating with something else. Is this his only? Uh, no, he also directed uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, and uh, so he wrote and directed Velvet Buzzsaw. Yeah, too. and Roman J. Israel. Hmm. That's the movie with um, Denzel Washington. I think he plays like a lawyer or something. Oh, okay. 
Uh, cinematographer is Robert Elswit. Uh, he also did There Will Be Blood, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, uh, Skyscraper, uh, King of Staten Island, uh, Boogie Nights, and King Richard most recently. What a, what a range. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's been working for a long time. Yeah. yeah, he has he has a lot of credits dating Did way back. Did he win anything for Boogie Nights? That I don't know. I feel like we talked a lot about cinematography for I Boogie Nights before, of, even in classes. Yeah, Boogie Nights is because Boogie Nights is great. Mm-hmm. I mean that that first shot of moving them it's from like the a, street yeah. into the club. Um, yeah, I think we analyzed that in like our intro to film class or something, or language of film. Which Did you? Want to see. I think so, Laureen. I think I didn't. I didn't. I wasn't there with you. Yeah, I did that on language. I did one of them online. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's move on to names. Uh, there's three people of significance in this movie. There's a few more, but three main. Well, I only have four. <laughs> <laughs> Our first one is Lewis. Is Lewis right? Mm-hmm. Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, what does a flower do? Bloom. Die. No. <laughs> Lewis Bloom. Lewis uh, die. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have his uh, trusty companion, uh, Rick. Richard. Uh, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Do we get his last name ever? I don't think we do. I don't know. I saw him just listed. <laughs> I saw him just listed Forgot. as Sorry. Rick on the IMDb. <laughs> Jose's, Excuse me. Jose's uh, I'm sorry, fix I it up the fridge. Yeah. 102nd episode, Brandon. I'm old. Leave me alone. It's okay. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hold it against you. I'm Sometimes old. you just got better out than in. I always say, made that up. Um, and then uh, yeah, then we have the news director, who I can't. I'm blanking on her name. You guys said that it was Christopher Columbus's one, one of, of Christmas Christopher Columbus's set that starts with an N. Um, the nanny panty. Do you know the other two? I don't know any of the ships, I'll oh, be honest. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I never had to know those ships. I really? swear to God, I never had to know those ships. Oh my God. Yeah. I had to remember memorize those ships and half the people's names when I, I was in grade school. I only know those ships well heard those ships' names from like movies showing what elementary school students learn. <laughs> and that's like School of Rock, I think they were he was doing a fake lesson with with that. Yeah, he yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the name? Nina. Nina Panina. Nina. Uh, you're close. I know. It's her last <laughs> name's kind of funny. Nina Fofina. <laughs> Nina Nina Bombina. Nina Nina Bombina. Rom- Romina. Nina Romina. <laughs> Nina Romina. That's her name. Uh, Nina Romina. What's What's the name of the incredibly racist caricature that D does in Always Sunny, where it's like. Tina Martinez or something like that. It gives me that vibes. Like the name. Yeah. 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 I think it's like Latina Martinez or something like that. <laughs> 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 but yeah, Nina, Nina Momina. Um, and what was the fourth name you had written down? The other Bill Paxton's name. Yeah. Bill Paxton. Shit. I don't know his name. It's Joe. Joe. Huh? Loader. Joe Loader. Joe Loader. Okay. I was hoping you would say Joe Mama. Brandon. I was <laughs> Joe Mama. I was thinking Joe Mama, but I needed, a, Joe I needed Biden. the name. 
Joe Biden. All right. Let's yeah. get into this. I'm I'm actually really curious what what like really didn't work for you guys for this movie because why I, do you want to hop into what doesn't work auto- automatically? You're putting us both like <laughs> okay. painting us both as like evil people that don't like your movies. I apologize. I'm I don't evil person. I'm an evil person. Horrible. That's 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 exactly okay. where you started off at. I'm just why didn't I'm you just, guys like this movie? I love this movie and I want to know why you guys didn't like this movie. Maybe I could start if you want me to start. I didn't. I don't. I didn't hate it. I didn't dislike it. Okay, you. It's the hype that that you were curious yeah, about. Yeah, that's, that's I was curious about the hype too. Um, it, it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination. It's just I watched it. I was like, okay. And I was like, okay. I don't want to watch this again. Yeah. And then, the, and then you watched it. it again. Yeah, because <laughs> I was trying. I was trying really hard to to see. Am I just being too? too harsh on this and so I, that's why i gave it uh i watched it twice yeah yeah 15 minutes in i checked to see how much longer i had to watch it really yeah wow so so what that's, 15 <laughs> minutes would make you think that that's one of my issues with it it's it's slow yeah it's it feels slow. long it has sure. a very very slow build yeah yeah I, I i agree um even like myself i was watching this and i was i was checking the time a couple times um that didn't knock it for me because i was still enjoying myself but mm-hmm. like um, I feel like enjoying myself is a strange term. I want to know why you. I want. I want to know why you enjoy yourself to this. I know why you enjoy yourself to this movie because of Jake Gyllenhaal. But um, why do you enjoy it so much? What is what is your? Why do you like it so? I, first of all, I think Jake Gyllenhaal's performance is really interesting mm-hmm. and really like. <clears throat> Because it's interesting, it's entertaining. Uh, he plays this person that is just so psych- psychopathic. That is like, um, because we were talking about like good people and bad people, and and like the types of enjoyment you get out of those characters. Mm-hmm. There's like a way that I root for people who are this, um, insane and like willing to step on other people and kill other people to get like what he wants that I wanted to see like how dark deep down the path he could go and see like, cause it's, it's like a, it's like just, um, it's a, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? It's just a descent into what he's going to do to get what he wants. And like the path that he takes from just starting off from, just going in there and getting closer than anyone else would want to because he has absolutely no care for uh, boundaries or what people would uh, yeah, feel like. He has is a lack of empathy. Um, mm-hmm. And then him going to staging the crime scenes and then him going to uh, literally causing the crime scenes, which I think is, is just, I think it was just fun. I don't know. It was, I think it was a fun thing to see someone so depraved just like keep doing that. And the way that he, he acts is funny. Like his... Uh, when when he's first turned down from the from the job, uh, he does like that, like points at him. He's like, you know what, good point, sort of face. Um, it looks like that, or like when he's screaming at himself in the mirror. His performance is just so like driving for me. Um, I also think like all of the moments that are supposed to be tense and like thrilling are really really exciting. Like it, it, I agree, it's a slow build up, but once things start to happen, like um, especially the ending where you're waiting for the cops to go into the into the Chinese restaurant. Um, I think it builds tension really well. And for me, that tension was there from the very beginning because I'm curious what you see how driven he is and 
that drive of him makes it build tension the entire time for me to see like what is he gonna do like what's his path like how is he going to uh get what he wants because that's he gets what he wants by any means and and it starts with the watch it starts with the car uh and uh nina fofina and uh yeah everything he just he has this like deep desire to do what it takes to get what he wants um and that that is what made me so enthralled by this movie and and why i still really like it um yeah there's my reason. I, I and I agree with you on on all points. I I I know why I have a problem with the movie. I I appreciate Jake Gyllenhaal's acting. He's great in like these weird person psychopathic roles. Um, Donnie Darko was one that he was he was great in Donnie Darko. Um, and he's emotionally stunted in in uh, Brokeback Mountain, right? Um, anyone else in this role, I don't think it would have been as good. Yeah. Okay. But the story itself, the character has no stakes. He doesn't pay any consequences for anything he does. There's no threat to him whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, even if there was a threat, it would have to be a pretty big threat that builds with him throughout because he, he builds so much. What his? I don't know. I it's, it's I, I wouldn't know how to fix that. I mean, he's he's. Um. That's but that's my problem that there's no stakes for him and he never gets called on his shit. Um, so not there's until the last five minutes of the movie. Not really. Yeah. But then they let him go. Yeah. Right. Um, if that was established earlier and those cops were following him or on his case, or there was a threat to him, I think it would have been a lot better story. Um, but that's where my, me getting bored with it. Kind of, it's like, oh, okay, what's he going to do? Oh, he's going to, oh yeah, of course he's going to do that. He's a psychopath, right? Oh, of course he didn't get caught that time. So he's going to do something bigger the next time. Oh, he didn't get caught this time. So he's going to do something bigger. I found myself hoping that he would get caught, hoping that someone would call him out on his shit, hoping that, that, um, someone would recognize him from what, for what he is. Um, but it never happens. And so I'm left with this feeling that the only likable character dies and the most unlikable character is rewarded. And maybe that's kind of a, a slice of life. Um, but it, it, it was kind of a letdown, man. Yeah. I don't think... I don't think I would have minded if that was like the same, the same idea, right? That he, he achieves his goal and the most, and the likable, the only likable character dies. It, if it felt more earned, Mm -hmm. like, I think what I found myself thinking in the first, first watch through is when he meets with the, with the cops the second time towards the end of the movie, I remember thinking this would be a, a more interesting plot for me if throughout this the cops are keeping an eye on him and he gets away with it mm-hmm. that that to me sounded like a more like 
sounds like a more interesting story than he just nothing ever happens to him. There, there's no, there's no opposing force. But, yeah, and there's no stakes. The, the only like time he runs into an issue is because he got to the plane crash later than the other yeah, guy. But that's not really. Yeah, and it wasn't even because anybody did anything wrong. Right. And so and so, I, I just found myself struggling to. Like I acknowledge the whole point is that he's not meant to be likable, right? He has no empathy and and they established that with the first scene of the movie that he's going to do whatever it takes to get what he wants. And, and, and that's fine, but he doesn't do anything to really overcome a, a struggle to get there. And I think that's where I find myself just getting bored with the movie um, the other way I would have thought would have been interesting to see it go was he gets to the point where he wants to to make his business so successful that he starts committing crimes. Like he's the one that starts killing people or um, or just, you know, causing other things like he did with. Well, to me, that's the next step. Right. I mean, that's, that's the next step. And he, I would have wished he, I would have seen that more in this he, movie. Yeah, he does. He does actually kill Rick. And he does it with uh, Bill Paxton too. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he dies, but he he I, does. I, I cut thought the I was going to get more of that in this movie, and yeah. I think maybe that's where I'm struggling with it. I had an expectation of where this movie was going to go, and it doesn't go in that direction. So maybe yeah. it leaves me a little disappointed. I wish Bill Paxton would have come back towards the end, like um, the cops are meeting with Bill Paxton mm-hmm. or something. Um, just just uh, just a little bit. To put that in your head that, okay, in the future, this guy's going to get it. Um, and then maybe going to him with the vans, him doing what Bill Paxton was was doing, what he bragged he was going to do. Um, because he does seem, he does seem, we're, I'm just, we're running all over your time. No, no, keep going. I had, um, I had a big it, monologue. It does see, it does, it does seem that everything that bill paxton um was bragging about going to do is exactly what he did so he takes other people's ideas and makes them the, makes yes. them his own yeah and, and i then, like that and then does them yeah i i like that that's a likable thing but the way he does it is so unlikable and there's no stakes for him and there's no opposing force for him that it kind of falls flat it's yeah. kind of like watching a psychopath develop his into being even a bigger psychopath. Yeah, I think that's interesting what you're saying that he take he took what Bill Paxton did and and, and did off that because he 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 takes from others and he takes from information sources. Like he has that whole monologue towards Nina Fofina and he tells her like I I watch a lot of videos online and I read about businesses and this is how I like have developed myself. Where it, you can tell that his only source of information is what he gets from other people. And I think uh so in terms of like the drive and the push against him, I see this more of, and I think it's filmed and scored in the way that it's like an emotional motivating. And I have an issue with that. <laughs> okay. Okay. But it's filmed like that. And yeah. there's, there's like, like when he's setting, when he's moving the body in that, in that first time he moves him, it's like this, like he's, he's getting his like goal. He's like this, this rags to riches story. This like, um, underdog story is how it's framed. Um, until like, I think the last couple things he does where it turns into like, well, it was an underdog story and now he's doing like really awful things. 
Um, but you see like when he starts, he's, he's doing all the filming and stuff of like breathalyzer tests and things like that. He has no like idea why people wouldn't want to watch that. He doesn't have the thinking process to understand that. Mm -hmm. He has to be told by Nina Fofina that this is what we want. This is the story we're trying to tell. He, he relies on information from others. He can only do things that he's told how to do or told to do. Um, See, I would, I would like to see more of whenever he says that he learns from the internet, from YouTube, he watches Andrew Tate all day. Like I would (laughs) like to see him like before he does something, he's watching, um, like, uh, uh, behind the scenes footage for a film. Yeah. yeah, And they're moving someone into the shot with light or Mm -hmm. something. Cause he watches TV a lot. And then have that, um, make the transition into real life to where he's moving the body because he, he wants the shot. Um, that, that would, that would be intriguing to yeah. me because now, Oh, how, how are we going to fit the next thing he watches into what's going to happen or how, how is what he's doing um, with his, the way he processes knowledge, how is that going to affect his life? Mm-hmm. Um, that would be more intriguing to me. Yeah. But but it's not it's not there. Yeah. I, I like what I really like about the dialogue in this movie when when he's talking is that it literally sounds like he's just reciting the mm-hmm. first paragraph of Wikipedia to people. Yeah. And I and I like that. And he's acting so smart. He right, he's, he's acting so, so smart. smart. And then when he actually has his little monologues of like his true inner like thoughts, that's frightening the way he speaks to like when he's telling Rick, uh-huh, that, Rick mm-hmm. or, or Nina, I like seeing those differences. Cause he, d- yeah. he does that very well. The mm-hmm. I'm just reciting what I've read and this is what's actually going in my brain. I like that. Yeah. I, you're right. He gets a, he gets a lot scarier when he turns into that, like mm-hmm. not reciting mode. Yeah. I would think that Nina would push back a little more. I thought so too. I, when I was watching this, I'm like, I swear to God, I remember Nina pushing back in that scene where he's trying to sell his thing for fifteen thousand dollars, I I thought I remembered that, but she and doesn't. then and then <laughs> he just and, gets everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I I had a problem with their relationship because they go from they go from the awkward Mexican food restaurant date, um, to like the next the next time that he talks with her. Um, and he's telling her exactly what he wants. And then, then he just throws on at the end and I want you to do what I tell you to do in the bedroom. Right. Um, that, that like took me for a loop because I didn't know that they were, they were banging at that point because it wasn't on screen. It was just thrown in there. And it's like, why would you like string him on? Right. Why wouldn't you just string him on? Well, I think that's what he, what the way he frames it is so like disgusting is like he, he makes it very clear in that previous scene. He's like, if you don't do exactly what I am asking you to do, then I'm not going to sell you my stuff. And like, because I got, I, I assumed that they, that after that scene, they just didn't want to show it that, that they were, that she was forced into that relationship with him. Um, but I mean, but you could show it, you could show, you, you could show it build. Mm hmm. Um, you can show that relationship build um, by just adding simple stuff into the 
the scenes that are already there between them building up to the the big scene where he tells her, I want you to do the stuff in the bedroom. Isn't there a middle interaction between them? Yeah. There's a couple more interactions between them, but it doesn't have any. No, I mean, I um, mean between the Mexican restaurant and when him, him giving her his like demands for the 15,000, there's the interaction where he comes back with the stabbing in Corona and she's mad at him. mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the only time she really like, pushes back on and him. you can tell well, that's why because, because he didn't get the footage for the plane crash right well well i see I, I when i saw that i thought she's this pissed because she's sleeping with him because she's supposed to get these good stuff but from see him. you yeah. don't get that at that point you don't okay. get that they're yeah, yeah. sleeping together until later on I so so that. i would like i would like something that alludes to the fact that they are um together or that yeah. Since they're both somewhat manipulative people, like have her take on how she's manipulating him to get what she wants, but he's manipulating her to get what he wants as well. That's that's a dynamic that that I think is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And and you only get his side of it and you only get a a tell and not show out of it. Because n- so- at, at no time are they together in any meaningful way or say anything um, that would allude to the fact that they were actually sleeping together and, and the end of the Mexican restaurant, it's, it's vague. It seems like she's going to, yeah. but then we never hear anything more about it. So I think I actually, I would disagree in saying that it's like a, it's a tell not show. I think they actually do a really interesting way of showing and, and not telling where in that second scene, you see him. You see them interact because the last time you see him is that vague. You're not sure what's going to happen after the Mexican restaurant. Mexican restaurant, and the next time you see her, she's reacting in a way she never has before. She is just furious with him about it. Um, and when I saw that, I thought the, her reaction and her emotions and the way she's showing this, she must have slept with him, and that's why she's mad. Not because she lost the piece, not because she's going to lose her her job, but because she she went that next step with him. And she's not getting anything out of it. So I, didn't, I, I, I didn't, interpreted I didn't it differently. I didn't get that. Um, I interpreted it in the she's mad because he had the gall to strong arm her, and now he can't even deliver what he said he was going to. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so, so my, on my first viewing, I did miss that they were sleeping together until the he says that until he like yells at her for not doing what he wants. Um, in the second viewing, I did catch it, but I, I did miss it the first time. But I think that scene still works for me, where she's mad at him because he he's he's he has demands, and then now he's not fulfilling his, his end, end of the bargain. Of the deal. And yeah. So, so yeah. I think that scene still works, and even if you you miss or don't know that they're sleeping together, yeah, I I I agree that, and that's where like her. <clears throat> her character if if she was set up to uh if we were seeing a little bit more of her and her being manipulative and being in a spot to manipulate him to get what she wants um that scene to me would have worked better but i do like this scene Mm -hmm. because it's showing that she she's the boss yeah and i like that the one thing with them that like along with what you were saying earlier that I really don't like where they end. 
um, that scene where she watches like that ending, uh, like uh, Rick dying footage, and they have like this moment that's like so romantic and like sexual, where there's like, oh my god, wasn't that your partner? Like, I like I like that scene. Like, <laughs> yeah, did okay. you let, did you let him die for my footage? Right, right. Like, why, yeah. Why did you like that one? Um, I like that scene because of where they stop Rick, and Rick Rick to me is is the audience in the movie. Um, I think he could have been, um, a little bit, bit more, um, early on, um, questioning morality of things. Um, but, but I believe that Rick is the audience and he, they stop his picture and mm. he is looking like he's watching them yeah, yeah, yeah. do this. And then we're watching on the other side as well. Um, and I feel like he's like the audience. He's a rep- he represents the audience throughout the entire film. Mm. Um, so I really like the way that that scene was um, choreographed, kind of stopping him. He's looking. He's still alive, and he's just looking. He's watching them. Um, yeah. So you you don't you didn't like where that ends. What would you would have? You don't like seen? their. You don't like their where their relationship ends. No, like, I, like scissors. scissors? So, so your problem with where um, when she when he has that conversation with her and he's like, oh, you, I want you to do things in my bedroom with me, and and you thought that was a big leap. Mm-hmm. I think it's a huge leap from there to where they end up. Yeah, um, so do I. Yeah. So do I. <clears throat> and, and and that that's why I want more of her. I want yeah. I want them them both manipulating each other right in this relationship and showing the relationship showing the relationship build over the course of the movie and then they're both getting exactly what they want in the end right um no matter who's being screwed by whom or or what's happening um they're both awful people with no morals whatsoever um that would work for me for me it's less like um because because i agree with you and especially the the framing and choreography of that scene is is really great yeah um, i like that more than i like the the what's tube. being said yeah, in right. the scene yeah, yeah. I, it is a great way to just put him in between he's like what the fuck yeah <laughs> like, and he's just staring <laughs> it's, it's his his stare and his he's so sad looking mm-hmm. and it was exactly the way i felt like like oh, fuck he's gotten away with yeah. all of this um, yeah. But like with the relationship that I didn't like, I think it's just too much. Like, I don't, it's the way that she's talking to him. It's just a little, cause it, my, my distaste for like her development is when they're doing the whole, like, uh, when they're airing, it's like the whole, like actual news scene of them airing the, uh, the, the break in and murders. Um, and horror house horror house wait is it then it's when the other news guy is like you're starting to sound just like lou and she's like well maybe people should be like lou more often um i can't remember when when that scene happens um but whenever that happens one anytime someone in any media ever says you're starting to sound like blank i fucking hate that i think it's so on the nose i i don't like it i don't like it when people do that it's too like oh you're turning into lou and and she's like yeah well I don't know. I, like, I think like in a been, writing sense, I, it's yeah, like in a writing I, sense. I think it would have yeah. been better if he would have said, "You're turning into a psychopath," or and he just nailed it. Like yeah, yeah, you're yeah. turning into a, a person without any kind of morality at all. What don't you have right. any empathy for these people? Don't you have any? You know, call her out on it, which is something that I'm missing. I'm missing the everyone with any 
kind of morality morality in this movie that the the guy that works for nina for example have no fucking balls whatsoever including mm. the police yeah don't have any fucking balls whatsoever they're written it's like they're they're two-dimensional people they're just written in there just so you can say what the what the fuck is this fucking person doing about it? It's not doing a goddamn thing. Yeah. And and that that's that's a big problem that I have because that falls in line with the stakes, that falls in line with the um with any kind of opposing force. Um and yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just I just feel like let down by all those all those people. I think, um, well, for, it was, it's like the bedroom talk from that moment where it's like the way she's speaking that I just like, I don't know. It's just too much. It feels like it's like the way he's saying it and how like emotional and like romantic she I would have liked to, I would have liked for her to play the mommy card. Like her, her. Cause she mentions her age. Right. Before. Yeah, like right. I'm 20 yeah. years older than you. <laughs> um, I would have liked for her to play the mommy card. Like that, she wants him like, to call like, her mommy. Yeah. Sort of thing. Oh yeah. You know where I thought their relationship was going? Hmm. Once he got everything he needed from her, I see. I really thought this movie was moving in the direction where he starts committing crimes. Hmm. So I thought he wanted another hour in this. I wanted. (laughs) I wanted him to do something in this movie other than just record. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I really thought it was moving in the direction where once he got everything he needed out of her, like the 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 professional relationships and the connections he was going to offer. Yeah. I thought that's where this movie was going. I think once he finds no use for her anymore, he's just going to like leave her in in the dust. I don't know if, unless she like, well, I could see her, him killing her if she like does the same thing as Rick does and like say, I know you've done some illegal things and I'm going to tell on you. Um, but I mean, he, he, he's only interested in her because of her, like the way that she can, get him a leg up in the, in the company. Um, so I could see that if the movie went on longer, I could totally see that. Yeah. You want a TV show. <sighs> I think I would have turned it TV off show. after two hours. I wouldn't go <laughs> another hour. <laughs> it's not compelling enough to be Godfather. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I want to go back to the motivational, like way that I feel like it's filmed and you had a problem with it. I do have a problem with it. Mm-hmm. And it's specifically with the score. Okay. It's like, <laughs> I'm watching the movie and the scores playing and, it's it's like a lot like in my I'm thinking like a lot of music theory things. It feels like like it's supposed to be this uplifting and motivational thing. And my brain is just like red flag, red flag. The music does not match what you're watching. Right. And it and it takes me out of the movie. Yeah, it took me out too and I laughed. It, it takes me out of the movie. It's like I'm not rooting for this guy. Why is the music telling me to root for him? And I didn't like that. I I I, I want the movie to lean into the it's like sometimes the music is playing for the audience. This is what you should be feeling about his actions. Uh-huh. And then sometimes the music is playing for this him. is what Lou feels mm-hmm. about his actions. And I think that's inconsistent and it should be one or the other. I think it, I'd have to rewatch it because I'm actually curious like where the music starts to play at what points. Because I'd be curious like what points does it start to play the spooky music and what points does it start to play the inspirational emotional music. Because if it's like when Rick's in the room and it's like scary music, then I, I think that would be interesting. If it's like when he's alone, he gets that like 
uplifting building thing. But when you actually have like a person that you, the audience can insert themselves in, that it's it's less than that. But I agree. It took me out, but it worked for me because it made me think about what they're trying to do with the music. Yeah. And I was like, oh, shit. Okay, that's funny. I, I know what they're trying to do and it just doesn't work for me. And yeah. Where it really didn't work for me is when he's moving the bodies oh, to frame his, yeah. his scene. And I'm just thinking, no, why, why is the movie wanting me to feel like this is a good thing? <laughs> right. Or that he's he's inspired uh, to do something. I, it, mm. it just... For me, it's like a similar way how like a lot of movies use like, you know, that smart like inspirational classical music or something with a villain mm. it, it for me it's like that where it's like this is a person that's surrounded by this uplifting music well sometimes it's not but like it's uplifting classical like intelligent like smart like music that's supposed to like get you inspired or whatever and it's like that version for him where it's just it's just like building him up as this like successful person because I, I i made a joke about it earlier but i partially believe this movie has a lot of like interesting like wow like motivating moments where he he doesn't take shit he'll no matter if people are pushing back on him he will do anything he can to get what he <laughs> okay i'm gonna rephrase that it's not he can do any anything he can to get what he wants he has a goal and he's not gonna let people who don't believe he can do that goal stop him and he will learn what he needs to learn and he will push himself the way he needs to push himself to accomplish that goal and in that way i think you could use that exact log line and put it as an inspirational movie about like a baseball player like learning to be in the big leagues or something. Right. It's the context that's different. And, and I think that's, that's why it works for me. Cause I, when I watch this movie, I was feeling that way where I'm like, damn, like, like these people are telling them to fuck off and like, not, and like, you're not going to get a job. Like, I'm not going to give you my camera, like go fuck yourself sort of thing. And he just doesn't care. He goes and he becomes successful anyways, where it's like that entrepreneurship businessman, like, and, and I was watching <laughs> this and when the guy tells him to fuck off, I thought, yeah, I'd tell him to fuck <laughs> yeah. off too. And so it's hard for me to, in any moment where the movie wants me to feel like Lou is a goal-driven individual, I'm just like, his goals are bad. So I I, I don't feel like that's a positive thing. Yeah. Um, it, it works at least in the beginning for me because he's he's a he's a thief and he beat up that guy in the beginning. Yeah. Uh, we don't, I don't, do we think he killed him? I thought he killed him, he but I guess him. not. Yeah. No, I think he just beat him up and took yeah. his watch. Um, we're obviously like, no, no, bad. But I think there's a lot of things that are admirable with him in the beginning. And that's how I took it when I when I first watched this movie. That's so why I was I was saying like it's inspiring. Uh, but I don't know that stealing chain link fence, copper wire, and manhole covers is admirable. I, I know what you mean. I agree. But it's more like it's, looking at the other context without the context of the larger thing, you know? Right. Well, I, I think it sets, I think the film is set up really well. Um, him in the car, listening to the radio. Um, they're listening to getting, getting people to invest in short sales and foreclosures, like the most psychopathic <laughs> <laughs> using people thing to do uh, for people with money to do. Um, you know, I, that tie in really worked well with me because I knew exactly what was going on at that moment. Um, I didn't know where he was going, but I knew the thesis of the film. Um, and then he just becomes more and more of a psychopath, which 
plays right into that. Yeah. Um, that way of thinking. If you but, ignore but I the, I didn't think he was admirable. If you ignore the stealing and the beating up, he's a pretty good guy. See, I, I think don't what think he's a good guy. It's so all. funny to me is that I saw the scene of him, you know, uh, like assaulting the the security guard and taking his watch. I was like, oh, fine. Like, you know, he's a, just a, he's that type of guy. <laughs> yeah, it just takes. And I could, the, and, and I had no moral qualms over him <laughs> assaulting him. The second he was giving his little elevator speech to the foreman, I was pissed off. I yeah. was like, I fucking hate people like you. Shut the fuck up. Well, he needs to describe... He Well, it's exactly what you're saying with the Wikipedia thing. He needs mm-hmm. to be the smartest person in the room. He has to explain to this guy what an intern is. Yeah, and, and <laughs> just the way he was doing his little elevator pitch, I was just so annoyed listening to it. And from there, it was downhill for me. I was like, I do not like the way he talks to people. It's unsettling. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I just have a red flag for psychopaths that I don't. Oh, that no, no. that, that yeah. happened to me with the bike. The bike. Yeah, the yeah. bike. The he's, bike he's is where that happened circles. to me. Whenever he's riding around, um, talking to the the guy that owns the pawn yeah. shop, yeah. trying to get money. He's trying to sell for six thousand dollars. Yeah, like, I'm thirty four <laughs> gears. It's a fifteen thousand dollar bike or whatever he says it is. It's thirty six gears, and the guy said no bike has thirty six gears. Um. Yeah, but he gets what he wants. And and from that that point on, he always gets what he wants. And it's just, yeah, the stakes let me down. Yeah. Because there's nothing, there's nowhere for him to go. He can't fall, he can't fall down because there's no one standing up to him. So there's no threat to him whatsoever. The, I'll tell you who's a threat to him. The man, the system. The system is fueling him. What are you talking about? The system, the man, the system then. he has chosen to work in is right. rewarding him, right? Uh, but but for I, being a psychopath, yeah. Um, I mean that could that could lead What's us. What's this it? telling our children? Think about the children <laughs> that watch this. <laughs> I, what does I, that say? I would like to. Um, I would like to. Uh, change a little bit of what I said about him being admiral because I don't want to sound like a psychopath. I think too late. It's on tape. I think there's bits of him that I think like I wish I could like. I think not his be drive is admirable. It. There we go. His drive yeah. is admirable. Mm-hmm. His his can do attitude and him. Not I'm not going to take no for an answer, which he does take no for an answer. Mm. Um. But but he uses it as a way to improve himself. That is admirable. Now Brandon's on tape I saying wish, he thinks this guy's good. No, no. I <laughs> wish I'm on team the detective that didn't believe his story. <laughs> I'm on her team. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but but even that, even that. Subpoena the fucking shit while he's there. Get his stuff fucking watch the actual footage and then you have him didn't she say he came there on his own accord yeah but but if if she goes i suspect he has more to do with this i want to get a subpoena put a subpoena before a judge before we release him i think all she has is circumstantial evidence and she can't get a warrant with circumstantial evidence well, she can she can say, well, he was there at the house. He was there whenever these people were were murdered cops, and that's all she has to say is murdered cops. We think he's involved somehow. His prints are actually in the house because he touches the walls running out <laughs> yeah. of the fucking house. 
um, if there was actual police work done, his prints are in the house. And he had, they have proof that he was in the house because he filmed it. So he has a tie to these people. Why let him go? He could just say the prints in the house were his when he was filming. Yeah, but yeah. why is he in? Why is he in the house in a crime scene? Well, um, they know and, he was and, in the house. And they, well, they know he was in the house because of the footage that right. he gave them. But we want to see the actual footage. We don't want to see it edited. The whole legality is definitely like something where I'm like. Um, okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I, I just, I just, I, I just think that they could have, they, they could have. It was like, it was like everyone that was in a moral authority um, in the movie had no balls, including the cops at the end. Yeah, I mean, she's calling him out for his fucking bullshit, but why? To what? What end? If you're going to let him go, I mean, I think that's just more as a saying of like what cops and detectives are like. Anyways, no one's going to stop this guy. No one's going to stop him. <laughs> no one's going to stop him. Oh. Ooh. Um, I haven't even looked at my notes yet. I haven't either. I, I have like four pages of notes on this one. You do? I do. Are I you wrote gonna, a lot. You're trying to fight fire with fire? <sighs> yeah, I need, I need to make sure. You know, after Crank 2, I had to make sure I had something to back myself up. <laughs> Um, this definitely is not a crank too. No, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> so it's a well-made movie. <laughs> I like the the point that you made, Brandon, about um, Rick being the audience and kind of being the only one of the few characters who's probably feeling the same thing that the audience does. And and I like that. I like I like I think that works to great effect. Yeah, and having him in there. the car, it works perfectly in the car chase at mm-hmm. the end because you're you're fearing for his life. Um, because you don't give a fuck if if Lou dies, but you do care if Rick dies. Um, and then they get there, and you're like, oh, phew, Rick survived. And that's that's why Rick getting getting shot in the end is is kind of a gotcha moment. Yeah. Um, that I think is is done really well. Mm-hmm. Um, fucking Lou, man. <laughs> fucking Lou. See, I can't <laughs> like Lou because he killed Rick. I know, yeah. <laughs> he I, didn't I, kill Rick. The criminal no, no, killed no, no. Rick. <laughs> no, but but Lou definitely set it up. He didn't pull the trigger. <laughs> Free Lou. Lou definitely set it Free up. Lou. <laughs> uh, Why yeah. did he have him roll down the window? I was gonna ask you guys that. I didn't get that. I was thinking about it. I don't know why he... Had, was it just because he knew it was going to be cold and he wanted him to be miserable? I don't know. I don't know. It makes sense to me. Just a control thing? I thought he was like planning something so he... Maybe a control thing? I thought he was planning something where like he knew something was going to happen with well, the Rick window. Well, Rick said he was cold. Yeah, right. And he's like, fuck you. I want the window I thought down. he was going to throw about the window. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I think Rick's Rick's demise and his reason for his demise is like an interesting, like, obviously, if someone has an upper hand on him, on Lou, he's not going to let that stand. Um, but the way that he takes in information and he's trying to, like, be this teacher to 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 uh, Rick this entire time, I think he finally feels like he's in a position to be a teacher. And I think that's he got Rick one because, like, Rick is in this desperate situation, being homeless and needing a job and is very cheap. Um, so having someone like that under you is very advantageous to him. Um, but I think like he wanted to be this like better person where he could 
teach Lou all these like tips and tricks and like I want I know I have more faith in you than you yourself like he's being he's regurgitating this shit he's learned from like his self coaches right but when finally when the person he's teaching to learn something from him that's when he has to turn on him like he has no desire from these people to actually learn anything from him he just wants to be smarter than them uh, so I think that's an interesting way that Rick is like finally like Hey. Well, he wants to be on top. He doesn't want to be an equal. Exactly. And that's, yeah. that's where it, that's where it turned. Yeah. It turned where, when Rick says we're 50, 50, if this is, if this is going to be what it is, then I, I want more money. I want, I want 50%. I want half. Um, and not, 75 i love i love his negotiation <laughs> uh, 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 i thought he was negotiating like yearly salary he almost is 72 <laughs> yeah he yeah. he like finds a confidence for 75 yeah yeah he doesn't know and he doesn't know how to negotiate you start high and you come down a lot of negotiation but, in this movie but yeah yeah, but Rick has no idea of how to negotiate. I mean, he negotiates from from thirty to seventy five. He got a forty five dollar a day raise, but it's still shit. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. And then him him asking, I could have gotten more, couldn't I? Hell, yeah. hundred dollars a day is shit. Pay. He realizes <laughs> it. He realizes it. Yeah, that's. Yeah, tell that to the substitute teachers of the world. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, whenever he realizes it, he sits there and he's thinking ab- about it and he, he says, I could have got more, couldn't I? <laughs> and he says, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's too late now. Yeah. We've, we've agreed on it. And, and his negotiating tactic is always to go about 10,000% higher than it, anything would be. Uh, yeah. Asking for a hundred thousand dollars for that tape. Uh, at what first, are you making yeah. a short indie film? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mm-hmm. yeah yeah but his i mean his negotiation while like it definitely sounds like really dumb at first the amount he asks he, he he ends up like getting decent deals on a lot of stuff uh i think that's just because he's willing to negotiate like that like a lot of people like aren't willing to go right right out of the gate a hundred thousand dollars and i think that's something where it's like if like, uh someone like this is able to succeed because they have no empathy and no embarrassment and no like fear of looking stupid when they're like asking for an and crazy amount of money um where i think a, another message of this i took is like this guy this horrible person is able to succeed because he's just like he doesn't care like he'll he'll do things that are morally wrong that you shouldn't do but he'll do things that are like fine like negotiating like that but he'll he'll do things that no one else would do because he has no like feelings in that sense <clears throat> Yeah. Um, and that's what makes like him scary is because when you when you have someone with the drive like him with the with the goals that he has, that's spooky. That's spooky stuff. I, I think yeah, and I think that's where I really struggle to understand their decisions regarding the score. I think it'd be so much more impactful for me where they really lean lean into the creepiness of he has no boundaries which will allow him to reach his goals. <clears throat> I think if they just like lean into that music wise, I think that would be more would work for me instead of feeling like he's some motivational speaker who, <laughs> um, who has like a light bulb moment that, um, that other people can, can be inspired by. I, I think 
that would work on its own. Just making him really kind of gives you chills that he can achieve anything he wants because nothing can nothing can dissuade him. He, like you said, he he doesn't feel embarrassed by his request or anything. And he seems like he's always thinking a step ahead. Yeah. Um, even whenever the cops first come and ask him for his tape and mm. he says, do I have to give it to you? And, um, then he says, well, I made you a copy. Yeah. Um, it makes him, makes him sound to the police like, oh, he's just giving us a copy. Um, but really it's so he could edit it. <laughs> but, but really it's, yeah, it's so he could, so they don't take his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that, can, it, it would be interesting to see like those motivational scenes like re-edited with, with scary music uh, or, or like suspenseful music. Because mm-hmm. another one of his big like uh, motivational speech scenes is when he's telling Nina Fofina about his like, I, I remade that list and I think news is my passion. Like that's yeah. what I said. <laughs> <laughs> I can see like some of the stuff he does like being like a... Uh, part of like those sigma grind set edits on like <laughs> where people take like clips from drive and stuff like that where it's like yeah you'd be like be like jake gyllenhaal and in, in night nightcrawler <laughs> then you will be successful yeah it's the um, the scene where they're standing on the the new set with the faux backdrop of la is funny yeah it, it's one of the funnier scenes for me well, what I'm going to say, it looks, it looks so, so real it looks on so TV, real. <laughs> <laughs> but he and says it like, looks yeah. so real on TV and then it's her, it's her look at it that she's like, how the fuck do you think this is real? <laughs> yeah. That cracks me up. Cause I think she does a, a great job in this movie. Mm. Yeah. She's, she's a great, yeah, she's great, a great actress. Mm-hmm. I think she can be a caricature of like the persona they're going for like a successful um you know businesswoman that you know starts sleeping with some other guy to but get i things. think they hit i think they hit on it um very well um when lou points out to her that she's not successful yeah that she jumps from job to job every two years um because she can't deliver um so he finds her weakness pretty early on um i would have liked to have seen him find that out about her mm, like the rabbit hole he went down to do that yeah yeah he probably listened to some like sleuth podcast and he like learned how to do it from that <laughs> yeah like how how yeah i mean i don't necessarily need to need to see a lot of it but maybe him surfing the web and looking her up and looking at pictures of her and looking at stuff before he has that conversation. So we're, we're, we know like his motivation. We know, and that would go through everything else. Something like when he's learning like the police codes, like a little scene like that. Yeah, 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 exactly. Exactly. Um, Um, I really like the montage where he's like adding new videos and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where he's going to the crime yeah. scenes and doing it. Um, it speeds the movie up for me. Yeah, and it's I like, really oh, thank fucking, I, God. Thank fucking yeah. God. At that point, I'm like, okay, yeah, let's go. Keep this pace up. Let's well, go. There's my motivational montage. It's a man building himself up, picking him himself up. That's from his why you like this movie. So, so I got a good there montage. You go. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. 
Yeah, it reminded me of my old filmmaking days when I got a new short film under my belt. I put it on my drive and I was happy about it. That, that's me. That's so me. <laughs> it just took longer than a montage. <laughs> yeah, it took longer than a montage. Yeah. I have to make a one-minute film for my my uh, uh, technology class, and I really don't want to fucking do just it. Just submit, take me. I don't want to do submit, it. Just take me. It's supposed to be like a uh, an info information Oh, you know um, when you see it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'll do it. Nah, don't do it. Film yourself with some like. I already, I already decided I'm not doing any more discussion posts at all. <laughs> you know, I really agree with you, Becky. That is a fantastic point. I hate discussion <laughs> posts. I would just reply, "Fuck you, Becky." <laughs> just eat shit, Becky. <laughs> yeah. You're um, fucking stupid. Did you even read the fucking book, Becky? <laughs> <laughs> Your book's shit. The book's shit. <laughs> Go spend some time in a classroom and then talk about the poor children. The poor misunderstood children. Um, I have to ask about that. Speaking of children, where the fuck is the baby <laughs> that's in this house? Probably, <laughs> you know, they were going to do a drug deal, so they probably got the baby out of babysitters. <laughs> yeah well it was like, the man sweetie, the woman and the housekeeper uh, right yeah but that's what they said i don't no. necessarily know that that's real yeah it could have been whatever whatever drug dealing can you just imagine like oh hey did you get the babysitter for tonight it's coke thursday <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're selling the coke tonight yeah we're starting we're starting uh we're starting the weekend early yeah <laughs> um yeah, I don't know where the fuck that baby was. I but in terms of that baby, when they do the baby reveal on like the TV, where it's like, I really hope there's no baby in there. Yeah. Like, oh, you're just. Praying I liked that. that. Baby. I liked. Yeah. I liked that whole scene. Um, I liked the scene where it it's showing Nina mm -hmm. actually producing and telling them what to say. And she's so and good when to say it, and mm -hmm. she's so good. I like that. Um, watching her work, that was more interesting me like like watching how the sausage is made yeah. um kind of thing really interested me a lot because you um, see the whole time and, and you're seeing like the the capitalization on what's happening like the deaths of these people and and taking it advantage of them and their stories but then you finally see like this is going to people and people are loving this and and they're eating it up because of the way that they're producing it and because of the way they're filming it. So yeah. like, yeah, seeing how the sausage is made there is like perfect because you, you see like if you're watching TV and now you're thinking like, oh, maybe there's a Nina in their ear saying like, say like how terrifying this is. Say how gory this was. Like, it's so good. I love that scene. Yeah. It, yeah. Just, it reminded me of that clip that always goes around on Reddit where it's the same a little monologue thing at every news station that's yeah. owned by the same company. Um, yeah, it just, it just had me thinking about how often they go off the teleprompter to say something else that, that the producer might be telling them to say. Yeah. I was more impressed how they were able to like just add in what spot. she said. On yeah. The spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That whole sequence, I think with Nina, it, like she is so good in that scene. And uh, yeah. it's like, it's, powerful television if i was watching that i'd be like that could be me i could get shot in my house <laughs> <laughs> this is my moment this is my moment <laughs> see i don't fall for any of that <laughs> yeah 
and I'm yeah. more like Lou. Um, <laughs> like, there's a lack of empathy. Maybe I don't. On, maybe it's not that uh, I don't understand for people. news. <laughs> like, if I see shit on the news, I'm like, oh, that happened, and it's sad. But I'm like, I'm not gonna cry about it. Yeah, serves them right for electing who they elected to <laughs> fucking take off regulations. It, I mean, I'm with Brandon. And they want to fucking cry about it. And, you know, fuck when I you, see bad fuck things you to certain people, I'm like, oh, well, that's what you got. <laughs> that's what you got. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. You want to cry about not being able to vote? Don't put the people who say they're going to fucking cut down on voting booths. There's a, I was seeing a couple things about how People like the critics really like this movie because of its commentary about this, this type of news exists because people watch it. And I really don't agree with that. I really don't agree with that take that this movie even. I I think think, it really vilifies the media. I don't think this movie does that successfully. I think this movie really is putting it on the media that they're the ones feeding this to the people they're not asking for it. And I, I really don't understand the take that, that the critics had that this is commenting on how society wants we live in this. One. Right. We live in a society. Right. Of course. We I, live I, in a society. We live in a society. I don't understand that take that this movie is putting it on the mass public to crave this type of news. Mm. And I, I just, I, maybe I'm just not seeing it or maybe I'm misinterpreting something. I don't see where you can get this from the movie. Cause I think you're right. It, it really does vilify the media. They're the ones asking for it, knowing that it's going to get views. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand where, where that take comes from. I, I kind of agree with you because I think something they deliberately tried to do is with him trying to sell the chain link fence and the manholes at the beginning, you have the guy who's like, he's going to buy from him, but he's like, I'm not going to hire a fucking thief, but he's going to buy from a thief where mm-hmm. I think they're trying to connect like these people watching t- TV, like they wouldn't, they wouldn't like want to be around a night crawler or the things that they do, but they'll watch it, but they don't know the things that they're doing. It's very much like, because if I'm watching TV, I'm not only bringing of, him a tape. They don't know. Right. They don't know how they, what, what they did to get it. Exactly. So like, I think it's a, I feel like they're trying to make a connection exactly with that scene. Um, maybe I'm taking reading too much into it. No, they are. Yeah, they are. Um, there's, a, there's a direct connection between the two. Exa- yeah, and if they're trying to make that, it doesn't work because there's not that direct connection between the audience and the Nightcrawler. If there was, where like the audience knew Nightcrawlers went to these lengths, like the only way for it to work is if they know he's a murderer and they still want to watch. <laughs> I think. It. I think. I think a way for it to work is him going to other news local news stations like he says he does but we never see him do it him going to other news stations and having them having him them completely shutting him down like oh we're not going to put this on Mm. this is immoral um this is against our our policies go sell that fucking shit somewhere else um and then he only has one place to sell it so he has to keep that relationship up with nina that would be that would make sense. Um, but we don't have that. Mm. Um, so, so where you have the guy at the beginning, that's like, I'm the only place, I'm the only place you're going to fucking sell this shit. Um, I gave you a price. You're going to take it or you're going to fucking leave it. Don't negotiate with me double 
what, what I told you I was going to give you. And I'm not going to fucking hire you because you're a thief. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of seeing that mirrored um, whenever he becomes a nightcrawler would be good. Mm. Yeah, I agree. It would, it would make more of a, a straight line between the two yeah. because Nina is not that guy. Mm. Nina wants whatever he's going to give her. Yeah. I yeah. think something that would have worked for me to establish that um, maybe connection with the, with the foreman would have just been literally to see the audience instead of, instead of Nina saying, we want people to be watching this during breakfast, like maybe throw in a shot of when she's doing the producing and, and telling them what to say, throw in a shot of, of maybe somebody that we've already seen in the movie, someone that he, that Lou has interacted with watching the news. I think that would help establish that there's that somebody else is watching. It's not just Lou and the media that we get to see. Yeah. We get to see. So we only get, we only get Lou watching the news. Right. Yeah. And I think if we got to see somebody else, a normal person, that's <laughs> not a yeah. psychopath uh-huh. watching it, then that, that is connection might've worked a little bit better. They're like, okay, mm-hmm. somebody is watching this, right. but yeah. we, we don't see that. You just get like numbers yeah. and like, Oh, your numbers are so high now because that's what you're showing. And I think like just telling us that the numbers are high doesn't work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Show don't tell. Right. Hell, even maybe have the couple from the first house he sneaks into watching the news later. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah. And and say how they were in the house? Right. How did they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He moves you know, the something. He makes the, yeah. And, oh. and, that, and then that gives that gives the audience, oh, oh shit, he's, he's, he might get caught. You know? Yeah, that could they have been a good They might say something. Yeah. You know? And then, but it, it never happens. Um, and then, e- even even with that coming up at the end, if the cop cop says, "Well, this isn't the first time you've gone into a house," um, we have we have homeowners that say that there were there was footage that yeah. you shot that was taken in their house without their permission. All he needs to say is you know? the door was open. <laughs> That's his excuse every time: is the door was open. Yeah, but but his excuse for going into horror house was that he heard the alarm going off mm. and he thought they needed help. Yeah, so he felt obligated to go in and help with the the couple with the shooting and the refrigerator magnets and the pictures. Um, he just went in. Yeah, there was no. He heard someone say, "Come in." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> But there was no one there. Right. Yeah. right yeah. It was a ghost. Yeah. Like the cop and the family is outside in the shot. Like who, who would have asked you to come in? Yeah. Yeah. It's missing some callbacks, I think. It's not yeah. tying it up throughout the it's movie. Not and, tying, yeah. Mm. A tie from, from, from the beginning to the end. Some, something that, only thing I can think of is the watch. <coughs> Something the watch, I might have liked to have or... seen is Rick says that he doesn't have a TV. Him getting a TV later and watching the watching the news, the news. Mm. seeing the things that um, that they're selling to the to the media. Mm-hmm. Rick, someone I wish they would do a little bit more with Rick because you get a lot of like personality from him when they're going to film uh, Bill Paxton, right? Uh, 
because he's like no man he's one of us like don't don't shoot it uh something like that where it seems like he has a relationship with the other night crawlers where it seems like he's kind of close enough to them to have that sort of empathy or maybe it's just i would have liked to see that built mm-hmm. a little more um i'm so especially would, between maybe maybe joe tries to i was thinking that mm-hmm. to take rick from yeah that would have worked as retaliation for not for for uh Lou not joining forces with him. And then seeing um, Rick that be loyal to Lou would I think be even more and that, and that's devastating why, when he and dies. And that's why he survives that encounter because he was loyal to Lou and didn't go with Joe and Joe ends up in a car wreck. Right? All busted up. Mm-hmm. Um, having us see that and us know about it, the audience know about it and maybe you know Rick doesn't know about it and Joe doesn't know about it, I think would would up the stakes a little more. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. trying to think of a way where you increase the pace of this movie to justify an extra few minutes to get some of these other things that I'm missing. Yeah. It, I, I, I wouldn't argue against the pacing. Like, I wouldn't argue against you guys about the pacing, but it just, it really worked for me. The pacing, like I admit it, it feels slow. Um, and I think a lot of it is cause it's just him in a car driving and looking at screens and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they even have like a cross, like a cross dissolve montage of them waiting for something to, to hop onto for the call. Oh yeah. That uh, first, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like the, the pacing for me was, it, it built tension for me. I, I enjoyed that, that part of it, but it's definitely slow. And it's it, it it's two hours and it feels like three <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. yeah, it's it's it it starts it. It's problem for me is that it starts out really slow, um, and you don't get a feel for what the fuck is going on for a good bit. Um, you know, okay, this is a weird guy. I'm just watching a weird guy, <laughs> um, for a long time. Yeah, uh, and then yeah. I loved him going to film the fucking the first couple things he filmed was where he gets out and he's like, uh, freelance, what's going on here? And the cops are like, get the fuck out of here. What are you doing here, man? Yeah. Yeah. He's learning on the learning on the job, yeah. more or less. What he can get away with and what he can't. I I kind of like that. Um How long does it take for him to like start doing that? I'm trying to think. Cause I don't know, maybe too long. Yeah. It takes too long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, are there any last things before we move on to quotes? Let me look through my four pages of notes. <clears throat> I was confused um, when Lou started to do his own detective work on the on the murderers. Mm, license I like I didn't I didn't know where he was going with that um going to their house and and doing all that it was confusing to me it seemed like okay well what are you what are you trying to do yeah I mean he said that there was a reward but I don't think there was you don't think it was like an interesting I think that like, was one of his lies that he told Rick yeah I can see that. you know it would be yeah. it would be good if there was a reward if they said that there was a reward then he would have motivation to do it yeah but unless things worked out in his favor there was no real reason 
Who did he tell that like, oh, the story's not over. These guys are still out there and there's like, there's still a story to be told. He tells it to Nina. To Nina. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I think it's him just like, he's wanting to like finish up that story and tie it up. Yeah. Um, But yeah. Cause I was confused too, but it was more of like an, like, oh, I'm interested to see what he's going to do here. The thing that confused me and I never understood was the window. Like, why do you ask him to roll down the window? God damn it. I think to make him uncomfortable because he did that after he negotiated with him. Right. Yeah. So he wanted him to be cold. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I it, was, see that. it was a power move. Yeah. To me, it was a power move. It's yeah, like yeah, yeah. telling him to call him Lewis, but tell the cops to call him Lou. Like he, like, I think yeah, he's the only one. Rick's the only person who tells him to call him Lewis, right? Yeah. Cause he says, Hey, I'm I Lewis. I'm Lou. Lewis. <laughs> yeah. He immediately corrects him and he's yeah. the only person in the, in the interview. Movie. Yeah. And yeah. he's the only person that corrects him to call him Lewis. Interesting. Oh. I didn't think about that. That's a good good catch. So maybe it is just power. Yeah. I mean, he is he power is windows. Type of guy that just needs power. <laughs> I liked his Toyota Tercel. Uh, ter- ter- I like his first car way more than the freaking yeah. red Charger he gets. <laughs> yeah. He just wanted it. He needed that car. <laughs> I think if he, he literally went kept from his a, original car yeah. through the whole thing, I think it would have been better. He went from an inconspicuous car to the most obnoxious looking well, even, red even sports Rick, car. Even Rick says that they're going to see you whenever they're trailing the murderers. <laughs> yeah. They're going to see you. You're in a red car. It's like he didn't even, didn't, didn't even think about that. Um, it's like Lou didn't even, he just saw the power mm. of the car yeah, and not, uh, not that it was red and conspicuous. Yeah. It's like sometimes he, he has to know exactly what his plan is and has to be very meticulously planned. And then sometimes it's just, he wants something like the car and he's just going to get it. It doesn't matter like what yeah. the consequences of it are. Are we ready for quotes? I think so. Sure. I will start us off. Um, I got a lot of quotes I love from this movie. Um, (laughs) I'll say, okay, okay, yes. Here's my favorite quote. It's in the conversation he's having with Nina at the Mexican restaurant. And I think this is a, a... representative of the way he speaks where sometimes he's he sounds intelligent he sounds like he's all there and then he just says something like it looks so real on tv but this is when he's telling nina how beautiful she is and she's she's even more pretty than the anchor and he says i like the dark makeup on your eyes i also like the way you smell <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it's very like flipping of like how strange the way he says it uh yeah i love that yeah he's to the point kind of yeah uh, yeah uh, what about you? Me? Um, I have a Nina quote. Uh, whenever she's trying to tell Lou what what she wants. The best and clearest way that I can phrase it to you, Lou, to capture the spirit of what we air is think of our newscast as a screaming woman running down the street with her throat cut. <laughs> um yeah, that's exactly what she wants. And she tells him that's what she wants and that's what he wants to get for her. That's what he wants to give her. And he's like, yep, understood. Understood, yep. <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And and then under it, I put, I put, 
but could Lou really imagine the horror in that? Or would he just think it's another person he dislikes? Yeah. At that point, can he actually see the horror in what, this is a question that I had throughout. Um, can he, does he actually know that he, I guess he is psychopathic because he has no empathy for anyone. So like Joe laying there all bloody, staring up at him, horrified. Um, he doesn't feel anything for that at all. Any guilt for doing what he did, any sadness that it's Joe, any, he, he doesn't feel anything. He probably feels elated that it's a way to get ahead. Yeah. I, I that's why he did it. I think part of why he enjoys the job so much is because he is seeing people in pain very often. And I think because he dislikes them. Yeah. So Cause he much. dislikes people. I think he just enjoys. But if you're psychopathic, pain. you have no empathy. You have no dislike or like for anybody. You're right. Just ambivalent. Yeah. Um, Maybe you got a little bit of feelings of hatred towards people, but see, we don't, we never see that yeah. in, in his life. Like why, why would he hate people? I mean, he's just, he's treated like, He's treated very nice by a lot of fucking people. I also think like the way he said it was maybe just he was trying to intimidate Rick and not that like that's exactly the truth. I think because he doesn't understand people. He doesn't. And it could be that he dislikes people or it could not be. I think I think he's just trying to say it's not that I don't uh, not understand people. So I don't like people, but it's really because he doesn't understand people. I think it could it could be the reality is that he's just trying to yeah. make up a cool excuse. I think the 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 line the between lie and truth um in this film um is confusing at times, mm. especially whenever Lou's concerned. Yeah. So you never know what is the truth and what is a lie. And 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 by lie I mean the manipulative part of him. Um it's not clearly defined. So you really have no Everything's a lie mm. at that point. Yeah. Sorry. About you, Jose. Um, I like this quote because I think it's the line that's delivered. It's the funniest line to me. And it's strictly because of the delivery. But it's when Lou asks Rick to sell himself. And Rick says, okay, well, I'm Rick, of course. <laughs> I took three buses to get here. I finished high school. I need a job. I'll do just about anything. That's me. Hire Rick. (laughs) (laughs) That's every job interview I've ever done. I'm just going to say that in my next interview. Just hire Jose. (laughs) I I also like in the interview, he asks him if he does tricks, if he turns tricks. Um, And I thought, that's weird to ask in an interview. And then Rick says, no, I'm straight. And, and he goes, straight guys turn tricks. Um, so I don't know where he was going at with that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't what? know. It's so confusing. It's such a confusing interview. Like, there's no reason to ask that at all. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Confusing. Um. Another... I got... Two other quotes that I really like, and it's my movie. I can give as many quotes as I want. Sure. And uh, I like when he <laughs> when he's in the police when he's at the police station and she's walking out. And he says, "I like to say if you're seeing me, you're having the worst day of your life." It's like him coming up catchphrase with his own. I think it's really funny. And and video production news. <laughs> what a what stupid production <laughs> news. It's so bad. VPN. That's 
That's not it. That sounds like something that would make it in today's video news production news organization. Yeah. That just sounds like a fake news it company. Does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Video Production News, a professional news gathering service. <laughs> like that's it sounds funny. like it sounds like a uh, uh, an on air version of The Onion. Yeah. Video it's, production it's, news. Yeah. I heard that. Like, if I was watching the news and I heard the anchor say we got this from video production news a news whatever he says company i would think immediately oh that sounds like a scam yeah yeah <laughs> immediately I, I would i would have serious doubts about the um whatever i was watching yeah 100 percent. it's such a bad thing yeah uh the other quote is the last quote remember i will never ask you to do anything that i wouldn't do myself and i love that line oh i love it yeah. uh i wonder like who he trusted to be the second van like they're all interns right none of them are being paid yeah <laughs> he just gives them the van <laughs> he got four suckers to work without being paid they saw how how big video production news was getting they had to get on and the ground how, floor he's very it's convincing like the to olsen who... twins getting people to work for them for free <laughs> <laughs> yeah well, let's move on to uh, our meme reviews. I give this movie one very hydrated plant out of one. Oh, yeah, because mm-hmm. he keeps watering the plant. At least he nurtures something in his life. Yeah. Yeah. By you, Brandon. Um, I give this um, zero dead babies out of one. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Jose? I'll give this movie 10 out of 36 bicycle gears. <laughs> I'm surprised the guy went that high. Like, he's so bullshit to get. What he asked for, like four hundred or something like that. I think eight hundred in star credit. Eight hundred in star right, credit yeah, is where yeah. they ended up. Yeah. yeah, which is no sweat off the guy. I mean, yeah, that's true. He just gets to give away something on the shelf. Yeah, <laughs> and he genuinely gets like a two thousand dollar bike. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, let's move on to real review. Why don't we start off with you? Jose? I, what did he say? I won the. <laughs> I won the the tour to Mexico in this bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just riding it around in the store. I won the tour to Mexico on this bike. <laughs> um so I want to preface it by saying I like the movie more that we've talked now that we've talked about it. Okay. I, I, I do like it more, but I am gonna stick with my original, like my score that I had. That's seven out of ten. Um, I think it's enjoyable because it, it's such a unique type of story to just focus on on an individual with no real redeeming qualities and the extent and to see what extent he's able to what he's able to do to get to achieve his goals. I think I just have some like serious pacing issues where I just could not stop looking at the time. And saying, okay, how much is left in this movie? And then I remember thinking I got to like the last 30 minutes left. I was like, there's nothing has happened in this movie that has convinced me that this is going to go where I expect it to go. And so I think I, I kind of went in with my expectations of what I wanted from this movie, or at least I established some very early on and just didn't go in that direction. And that left me a little disappointed. I think the performances are really good. I think for, for the first movie that, the director directed it's 
great first movie. Um, I just don't understand the praise for how good it is, but it is really good. This is like a hype Reddit movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Reddit Reddit loves Reddit this movie. Loves it, yeah, and and I just don't see that, but it's enjoyable, and I I think parts of it are really interesting, and and I like how how it's done. So seven out of ten. Brandon, I also give it a seven out of ten. Um, it parts of it are very intriguing, um, but I don't I don't. I, it doesn't feel like a full story um, to me because there's no stakes and there's no opposing force. So it, it just seems like we're just riding around watching a guy develop his business. Um, and at times it can be very boring between the shots of him uh, on his car shooting footage. Right. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It does have pacing issues, and I was very bored, um, especially in the beginning. Um, halfway through, I looked and I knew where I knew where it was the midpoint. I'm like, okay, am I going to shut this off and watch it later? And then I decided, no, nah, I'm I'm going to go with it. And then the next time I looked, I had 30 more minutes. I'm like, okay, I can finish this. Um, so, yeah, um, I don't know that I'll ever watch it again, or ever really want to watch it again. But parts of it are very intriguing, and I wish there was more of a more of a, a story story to it. And I think that's that may be why um, a lot of times when movies like this are made, they're so different from the regular regular movies that have um, a character that develops that has some kind of redeeming quality that you can relate to. And even though they're a bad person, you want them to succeed and, Oh, are they going to succeed or are they not going to succeed? Kind of thing. You never really have that in this movie. So maybe that's where the hype is coming from because it's so different than that. Um, but it, it, in the greater scheme, it doesn't work for me. Um, but it's shot well. It's acted well. Um, I actually really like Rick. I like the themes that they come up with, except for media bad. Um, and we live in a society. Major and theme. we live in a society. Mm-hmm. Um, because some of us don't. Some of us just lock ourselves in our rooms. <laughs> uh, um, COVID lockdown was the best. Uh, I wish we all get COVID again. Um, but... Yeah, 7 out of 10 for me. All right. Uh, yeah. I give this movie a 9 out of 10. Of course you do. Uh, <laughs> um, I think uh, there, there's the reason I didn't give it a 10 is just there's something that's not there to push it to a 10. I can't really explain it, but it's just it's just not. Um, but I think like there's so many like great tense scenes that like him going through the house and getting all the footage of the people that j- he just saw get shot. Um, and, and Rick, like trying to decide if he wants to go in or not the whole scene where there were, uh, where Nina Fofina is directing the, the, the scene is like tense and exciting and very good. And then the whole ending scene where you're seeing the cops go in and every time you see it from Rick's perspective, you're like, Oh my God, like he's like something bad's going to happen. I think they're just to build so much tension up and I'm just so interested and in, in invested in, in, uh, in Lou. And I think like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, the motivational side of this works so well for me where I think it's I think it's so funny how they're playing that music where he's like getting the shot of this dead body he just moved. 
um yeah i think it's i think it's just really really interesting and fun movie and uh yeah nine out of ten i think ultimately it's an unconventional movie and i like conventional movies with plot structures that i can recognize yeah me too and that's just how i am as as a movie viewer well i think it 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 makes you connect with the characters more Mm -hmm. and because there's this disconnect with every single character except for rick in the movie um, who was likable just because I, I think Rick was only put in there because he's a, 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 char- a likable character that they had to kill off um, because the bad guys had to win for some reason at the end of this movie, which, which Luke could still win at the end of the movie. But I want to see, I want to see a character that I can understand his motivations and Lou isn't really, a character that I can understand his motivations. I get it. He needs to fuck yeah. bitches, make money. That's his. That's his motto. Yeah, you just we just gotta see that scene with Nina and yeah, this is when, an eight, when, eight out of ten easily. Whatever yeah. he's talking about, where her not doing the things in the right, bedroom. I, I think it's I th- I think it's dressing in costumes. Throw that. Yeah. Throw Put on that the first suit. I thought it was pegging. <laughs> Put on the fursuit right now. <laughs> Peg me. <laughs> Go grab the bad dragon. (laughs) (laughs) The big one, not the small one like last time. Lower me on it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to pick next week's movie. All right. Okie dokie. What do we got? What do we got? Next week. Oh, Oh, God. I moved them. (laughs) My bad. All right. Next week, we are watching... Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Steve Jobs. Isn't that a person? Yeah, that's a person. <laughs> We're looking at the camera of his current grave. We're just going to watch, watch his... a live stream of his grave. Yeah, for that's, that's all we're going to watch. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to watch all of the iPhone releases in order <laughs> until he dies. <laughs> I've only had three of them. <laughs> oh, we'll go back in time to the. I mean, I'm making that joke, and that's literally what the movie is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Have um, you not seen it? I've never. I haven't seen it. Interesting. Okay. So, um, we watched this in theaters, didn't we? I'm pretty Is sure. Is this did, on yeah. Apple TV? Oh, I, I. It would have to be. I don't. I would hope so. Um, I remember this vividly because it came out around the uh other Steve Jobs movie, right? The Ashton Kutcher one, mm-hmm, right? Yeah, yeah. and. Uh, I have no affinity for Steve Jobs is the or Ashton Kutcher one called something else. I think it's just called Jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Jobs? Or something like it's that. It's called Jobs. Or Steve. There's two types of jobs that he could be doing in this. I don't know. Steve I don't know what jobs it's called. and office jobs. <laughs> Four types. There's, there's only two types of jobs you can do. And one of them's dead. <laughs> one of the other one's Steve. <laughs> um I have, I have no well, real affinity for like, the story of Apple or anything like that, but the performances in this movie are what I really love about it. Yeah. And so, yeah. Yeah, I remember really liking it too when we watched it. So who's Steve Jobs? Michael Fassbender. Okay. And then it has Kate Winslet also and Seth Rogen. Does she push someone off <laughs> a door into cold water in this one? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well next week get out your you gotta listen to it on your iPhones next week we're doing an iPhone uh, advertised podcast uh, sponsored by Apple sponsored by iPhone sponsored by iPod Touch sponsored by MacBook sponsored by iMac sponsored by Mac Mini uh, Mac Mini sponsored by iHome sponsored I by <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, uh Hashtag not sponsored. Hashtag not sponsored. Watch, watch, listen to it on iTunes. Oh my god. <laughs>